The Carolina Hurricanes have clinched their trip to the playoffs, but what do they need to do to ensure that it is a successful trip to the playoffs? Find out in this episode of Locked on Hurricanes. Your Locked on Hurricanes, your daily podcast on the Carolina Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Kaniacs. I'm your host, Jared Ellis, and you're listening to Locked On Hurricanes on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And as always, thank you for making Locked On Hurricanes your first listen of this Wednesday evening. As you can see, setup is a little bit different. That is because I am up in Detroit. I will be at the game tomorrow against the Red Wings. Very excited for that. But tonight we'll be talking about the Carolina Hurricanes' upcoming trip to the playoffs. This is their fifth consecutive playoff appearance. Now, imagine telling myself, you guys, telling someone that 10 years ago, they'd laugh in your face if you told them that in you know, the 2020s that the Hurricanes would be making their five straight playoff appearances, winning multiple division titles, trip to the conference final they'd laugh in your face, but they currently are leading the Metro division, looking to make it a third, I believe consecutive division title. They're currently leading, but the devils by three points. It is a very, very tight race. And again, they have clinched their playoff spot. They're going to the playoffs. It's just a matter of where they're going to be and what they're doing. Well, what they're doing bad. We're going to talk about all that in this episode, as well as ideal playoff scenarios as we sit right now as of recording. Now, what the team is doing well, we're going to start off on a positive note. Now, they are still doing very well in five-on-five play. That has been their bread and butter all season long. That is something that most games, even losses, you can look at five-on-five and typically be like, okay, that was fine. Maybe not at its best, but it was still fine. And they are also something that we've seen a lot as of late with come from behind with is they're a very resilient team and they aren't giving up. You look at that game against the Kings where they came back. You look at that game against, uh, crap, who was it that they just came back against the other day? And they're, they could easily just roll over, head on to the next game, but that's not this in this team's DNA. They're going to continue to fight, continue to pressure, and continue to try to make chances to come away with the win. And for the most part, as the season has gone on, that's worked. They're second place in the NHL right now, behind only the Boston Bruins, who are likely going to win the president's trophy. They're going to be the front runners in the Eastern conference front runners, honestly, in the Stanley cup as well. Their penalty kill has also been outstanding as of right now, as of this recording, it is currently sitting at second rank in the NHL at 83.8% penalty kill is another thing 
you know, like a five on five play, we can typically look at that stuff and be like, hey, you know, nothing else, penalty kill was good. Typically, game in, game out, penalty kill. It's always good. We don't have to worry about that. And then another really good thing, something I didn't realize that they were currently ranked as high as they were, is shots allowed a game. They're only allowing 26 shots uh, a game right now. It's the lowest in the league. And that needs to continue because, you know, they, you know, getting into this playoff stretch, you know, you go against a team like the Maple Leafs, like the Lightning. Heck, we just saw how things went against the Lightning the other night and just how poorly that went for the Hurricanes. You know, you want to limit their chances as much as possible. And they are doing a really good job with that as well and obviously you know a really good thing here is again they're second place in the nhl they're finding ways to win games whether it be going out beating the brakes off an opponent like the six nothing uh uh, shutout against the lightning not too long well it's been a while ago now but good example there or a game where they're coming back big time to come back and more or just a game you know, where you know, they just do everything right and, you know, they just come away with the win. They stick to their game, and that is something that does work for them quite often this season. They're currently sitting at, I believe, 47 wins on the season. It's either 46 or 47 wins right now. And, again, like the five straight trips to the playoffs, you tell a Hurricanes fan that 10 years ago, they laugh in your face. Another thing that I do think also goes under the radar with something that this team is doing well is how good they are in the face-off circle. They are tied for third in the NHL at 53.2% success rate there. And is it something that's super, super important, you know, like a penalty kill? No, it's not. But it's a thing, you know, when you go into these really tight late game situations, overtime situations that can be a difference maker right there of can you win that face off and the hurricanes most of the time they're pretty darn good at winning some face offs. Jordan Stahl, especially Sebastian Ajo. You've seen him you know, continually improve year after year. Yes, Barry Kotenyemi. I think he has the makings for a lethal guy in the face off circle as well so the hurricanes are doing a lot of things well it's not like they're going to be a team that just gets in the playoffs you know because no one else was good enough no they're going to be there because they are a very good team and they have been in the stanley cup conversation all season long preseason as well because of how good this team is and that they deserve to be there but this team is not without its faults, and it has been on full display as of late, really ever since Andrei Sveshnikov went out with his season-ending knee injury. And we will talk about the negatives of what this team has going wrong for them right after this quick break, folks. Now, folks, you know we got the game going on tomorrow against the Red Wings. And if you're wanting to place a bet on that game or another Hurricanes game or 
the final four as well. Do so at FanDuel Sportsbook. The tournament is heating up, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up today and claim your no sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net. My opinion, Miami Hurricanes are looking pretty darn good, but that's just my opinion. All that on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Now, the negative. This has been something we've been talking about a lot for the Hurricanes as of late. It's been on full display you know, since Andre Sveshnikov went out with his injury. And you know, they are the Biggest thing for me, I've talked about it in many game recaps, you know, good and bad. They are giving teams way, way too many opportunities. Go back to that game against Toronto with the expected goals. Toronto was expected to have six, Hurricanes only two. The Hurricanes came away with the 5 3 win there. That's not going to happen all the time. You know, you get into the playoffs, especially if you get a against a team like Toronto, like Tampa Bay, like Boston, it's not really going to be the case. So the Hurricanes have really got to cut down on giving these teams so many opportunities. It is extremely frustrating to be watching that because it wasn't something that was that big of an issue a month and a half ago, two months ago. It wasn't that big of an issue. Yeah, that stuff still there, still happens, but just ever since Fetch went down, it has been really, really bad. And it's really showing just how big of a load he carries for this team offensively and defensively. Because offensively, there's been times where that offense has really looked to been struggling as well. And, you know, speaking of struggling, power play. You know, it is currently... As of recording, ranked 19th in the NHL at 20.7%. And in my honest opinion, that is generous. I think you know those first few games with Shane Goss really bumped that up. And it's started to taper off to be back probably where it needs to be. And it's a bottom half of the league power play. It is not good. And, you know, you're looking at the line or the power play units that are getting juggled around in games in practice. Stuff is constantly getting changed. And we're still not getting anything going. Now, given that's going to happen to every team, you know, whether it's the Hurricanes, whether it's the Red Wings, I'm here in Detroit, whether it's the Bruins or the Lightning, whatever, things are going to have their ups and downs. But it has been, for the most part of the season, a down all season long 
which is how bad this power play has been. And if they're going to want to succeed in the playoffs, they have got to get this power play figured out because if they don't, you'll be looking like last year as second round exit. And depending on if they win the division or not, could be a first round exit. They have got to get the power play going. That is the biggest thing that this team has to do aside from stop giving up so many opportunities. And, you know, Another thing yeah, that I saw mentioned the other night uh, during that game against Tampa Bay is guys fading into the background. And I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, you know, there's, there's been a lot of instances, you know, where guys just fade into the background. The instance that was brought up in that last game against Tampa was the fourth line without Jack Drury out there. It was completely invisible and you can't have that kind of thing. I've said that many times that, you know, I don't care, you know, if a guy, you know, scores a goal, has an assist, whatever. I just want him to be out there and not fade into the background. You know, do something positive to help the team. You know, I don't want you to be in the forefront because you're making a mistake. You know, we've seen that a few times this season with guys you know, like Calvin DeHaan, Dylan Coughlin. You know, we've seen that with those guys this year where they may not make a whole lot of noise, but when they do, it's not always the best kind. And they have got to have guys stop fading into the background for the wrong reasons. It's one thing, you know, if take Jacob Slavin, for example, you know, he's a guy that doesn't get a lot of national attention. It's because, you know, he doesn't play a super flashy game. He doesn't score a whole bunch of goals. That's not his game. It's not like Eric Carlson, you know, who's, I believe, closing in on 100 points for the season. Yeah, that's not his game. Yeah, he's a defensive defenseman, and he does his job so well that you don't even notice it, and that's in a good way. But there's guys that are fading into the background for the wrong reason, and we don't want that at all. And one other thing, you know, is yeah, this is one. Yeah, well, before we get to that one. Another thing is that I saw brought up on social media the other day that honestly kind of bring up bring up a good point is the lack of threats really that this team has. Specifically, they brought up the forward group because you know Andre Spechkov is done, Max Pacioretty is done. You have Sebastian Aho, Marty Natchez. Outside of those group guys, out of your forwards, who's consistently a threat yeah you have guys here and there yeah like Tavo Taravainen like Seth Jarvis yes Spirit Coke Yemi you know you have yes for Foss you have these guys that can be but are they guys that teams are specifically game planning to shut down no you're not expecting to have to go out there and shut down Jordan Stahl you know offensively no you're not expecting to do that and given a, that's another guy that's never been his game, so maybe not the best example, but you know, let's say you know, Jesper Faust. Do you game plan to shut him down offensively every game? No, you don't. But Sebastian Ajo, Andre Svechnikov, Max Pacioretty, Marty Natchez, those are guys that teams have to game plan to shut down because they are guys that can 
really go out there and be very lethal. Yeah, you had Brent Burns this season. He set the uh, single-season uh, points-by-defenseman record, and that's great. And he's a guy that can be a threat. We need him to be that. He, he's, I know he's leading the team in assists as of right now. I believe he still is. You know, we're going to look and see. But yeah, you know, Brady Shea, he's a guy that, you know, as of late, you know, has ha- been really hot and a guy that you typically may have to game plan for. But, you know, we need guys that you're consistently having to look out for. And aside from Sebastian Ajo and Marty Natchez, don't really have that for this team. And they need guys that can really step up and be those be those guys that can go out there and be a threat every single game. But one thing you know we cannot hold against this team this year has been the injuries. I'm bringing it up here in the negatives simply because it is a negative thing, but it's not something I'm holding against the team at all because this is all freak stuff. Never could have predicted any of it, but it is something that has been a bit of a thorn in the team's side. You know, you have Max Petretti, who was supposed to come in, be that big goal scorer for the team, tore his Achilles prior to the season starting. You know, it was going to be out till, you know, essentially the trade deadline. Comes back, plays a few games, tears it again. So, you know, there's that there that, you know, bites you in the butt. You know, you have Andre Kasha, you know, a guy, you know, a good depth guy that you're bringing in. And, you know, he plays the season opener. That's it. You know, he's been out all year with concussion issues. And, you know, with all of these guys, I want them to be out as long as they need to be. I don't want them to rush back at all. And Kosh is, you know, another guy that, you know, we're pretty much expecting here. You're not going to see him again this season at all. And then Andre Svechkov tearing his Achilles, total freak thing. But one thing, you know, with these guys being out, Svech, especially because he was here for so much this season, you're really seeing just how big of a load he brought to the team and, this has been something that has really hurt them this year. And, you know, they have really got to have guys step up and fill that void. You were able to fill Kasha, Pacioretty, Gardner as well. Forgot about him as well. Haven't seen him play in a couple of years. You're able to fill those voids, but the Sveshnikov void has been really tough for them. And it's something that I feel is going to be going into the playoffs a really big issue. I really think it will be. But getting into these playoffs and ideal playoff scenarios for them, we're going to be diving into that, at least on the Eastern Conference side of things, because, you know, Western Conference, that's you know, a whole different can of worms. But we're going to be diving into the ideal playoff scenarios for the hurricanes in the eastern conference right after this quick break folks all right folks now diving into playoff scenarios for the hurricanes these are my ideal playoff scenarios for them now 
as of right now, again, like I said, top of the episode, they're currently leading the Metro division by three points over the New Jersey Devils. Anything can happen these last couple of weeks. New Jersey could very well make a run for the division and win the division, bump the Hurricanes down to second place. That would put them facing the Rangers in the first round, which, in my opinion, that would be a first-round exit for the Hurricanes. Uh, just the way the Rangers have played the Hurricanes this year, yeah, the Hurricanes may get you know, a couple wins in that series. But the Hurricanes are out in the first round if they play the if they play the Rangers. I I, I know I'm probably going to make some folks mad saying that, but that's I don't think they make it past the Rangers in the first round. You know if they play them, and you know because you look at just recently how tough the Rangers played the Hurricanes. Man, you know it's gonna that'd be a really tall order. Not saying the Hurricanes could not do it. They absolutely could. Absolutely freaking could beat the Rangers in the playoffs. Go on to the second round. Totally could. But that'd be a very tough first round matchup. And that'd be one, you know, that's conference final worthy matchup happening in the first round. So, yeah, crazy stuff there you know, in that potential scenario. But say they do win the Metro. Say you know the Hurricanes are able to make maintain that lead. They're either playing the Islanders or the Penguins in the first round. You know, it kind of depends on you know who gets you know what seed seed there in the wild card. But as of right now, they would be playing the Islanders, which I do think would be a good matchup for the Hurricanes, a good confidence building series. I think you know they could win that series. You know, same with the Penguins if they play the Penguins. I totally think they win that series. You look at the way they manhandled uh, the Penguins this year. I believe they swept the regular season series. Now, they were hard-fought games, of course, but you know, in years past, it was the opposite way around of the Penguins sweeping the regular season series over the Hurricanes. But either way, I think you know, they come away with that win in that series against you know, either the Penguins or the Islanders. And yeah, then you get into the second round. Then you're playing the winner of New Jersey and New York. Again, New York, a lot of the same stuff applies there. And I said, if they're playing in the first round, that's going to be an extremely tough series. And it's one, a rematch of last year's second round where the Hurricanes could easily be packing up their golf bags and going golfing because of how tough and well the Rangers have played them this year. Again, they could totally come away with the win, but say they play the Devils. That's a series that I think it's probably a six or seven game series, but I think ultimately the Hurricanes do come away with the win in that one with really the the deciding factor there for me being playoff experience. Now, given the Devils do have a lot of guys with playoff experience on their team, I mean, look at Dougie Hamilton, played... For the Hurricanes, caught it into the conference final and yeah, and more. So it's not that they don't have guys with, uh, with playoff experience. It's that these guys that they have, they don't have playoff experience together. They also do have a lot of young guys that have no playoff experience. But I think ultimately the Hurricanes experience would be the thing to push them over the Devils. I did say that last year in the series 
against the New York Rangers in the second round, and we see how that panned out. But ultimately, I think that would be what would carry them over there. But again, yeah, these issues that we've talked about with the Hurricanes, power play, offense drying up, you know, giving up too many opportunities, you know, guys fading into the into the background, you know, all of this stuff, you know, not having a serious threat, you know, you go against the Rangers or the uh, or the Devils, that's going to be stuff that can really, really come back and bite you in the butt. And then say you get past uh, one of those teams, whichever one you end up playing, you're playing the Boston Bruins. I'm pretty confident that they're going to be the team, the other team in the conference final. I think just about anyone would tell you that. Anything had happened, of course. We all know that. But I think, you know, it's Boston's pretty much guaranteed a trip to the conference final, but we'll just have to wait and see. And then if they play Boston in the conference final again, they have got to play perfect and hope that Boston messes up. Because even if the Hurricanes play perfect and Boston doesn't mess up, Boston could still very well win that series because they are that good this year. And it's something that baffles me of just how good that team is this year. It's almost like they are have the video game sliders on easy and they are that good this year. So even if the hurricanes do play perfect in the conference final against the Bruins, it's still no guarantee now say, you know, they do get past, they get to the Stanley cup. I think at that point they will be pretty much firing on all cylinders and everything. Yeah. That we've been having issues with, you know, with the team, I think at that point they probably would, would have figured it out and gotten that stuff under control. So whoever they be playing out of the West, whether it be Dallas, whether it be Vegas, LA, Seattle, whoever, you know, I think, you know, the Hurricanes are a pretty darn deadly team going up against whichever, whatever the West has to offer. So that is my ideal playoff scenarios for the Hurricanes as of 8.53 p.m. on March 29th. This could totally change tomorrow. It totally could. It could be completely and totally different. And, you know, a week from now, you know, this is all my opinion stuff that's going to change day to day for me. But let me know your ideal playoff scenarios, things that you think the Hurricanes are doing well, things that you think the Hurricanes are doing bad, all on Twitter. Tweet at me at Jared Ellis underscore 96. Tweet at the show at LO underscore Hurricanes. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube at Locked On Hurricanes. Make sure you have the notifications on there. We just crossed the 300 sub mark. So big thank you to everyone over there. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode when we are previewing tomorrow's game against the Detroit Red Wings. I'm very much looking forward to that game. That'll be my first game as a visiting fan. So very much looking forward to that. And I will talk to you guys tomorrow. And as always, let's go Canes.